but how we kind of ended up with this property was um, actually a really bad case of poison ivy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was a Sunday morning and I was so uncomfortable with the poison ivy that I had. It seems completely anti-intuitive, but we went for a hike in a creek. Tim had talked about this amazing creek where we did this creek walk. And I figured if I'm in the creek, I'm not getting close to poison ivy because I'm in the middle of the creek. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Sponstaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. In just a moment, you'll meet Tim and Cindy Spaulding, the builders, designers, and hosts of Salamander Ridge, a charming tiny cabin in Virginia's Blue Ridge Mountains. Tim and Cindy, along with their three children, love the outdoors. The Spalding family are avid campers, hikers, creek walkers, and trail runners. One afternoon, after Cindy had contracted a bad case of poison ivy, the family decided to go on a creek walk in the Blue Ridge Mountains right near the Appalachian Trail. While wading through the stream, the couple noticed a property for sale up on the mountainside. The 2.5 acre lot was stunning, but upon further investigation, they realized that a sale was already pending. Being the optimist they are, Tim and Cindy decided to call the realtor to see if there was any chance that the seller might entertain another offer. And as luck would have it, the seller was interested. Tune in to hear the exciting story of how Tim and Cindy brought Salamander Ridge, one of Airbnb's highest rated escapes for outdoor enthusiasts, to life. Tim, Cindy, welcome to the show. How are you all doing this fine afternoon? Great. Great. Doing well. How are you? I, I'm doing well. It sounds like you guys have been busy. You were just telling me offline that this is your fourth you know, meeting or, or uh, event of the day. So hopefully the next like 30 to 45 minutes will be uh, the best 30 to 45 minutes of your day. That's what I'm, that's what I'm shooting for here. Sounds good. <laughs> well, uh, thanks for joining me, guys. Uh, to kick us off, I'd love to. I like to ask folks at the start of these episodes to just talk a little bit about their first time staying in an Airbnb or another short-term rental. Where'd you go? What was that experience like? And you know, what kind of home did you stay in? Um, we've had. I don't know. We were talking about that ahead of time. It's a little. We've had a couple. I don't know. We've had experiences overseas. We've, I don't know. We've had a bunch of weird ones, but uh, mostly weird ones um, <laughs> in other countries. But right. I think, oh gosh, probably six or seven years ago for my wife's birthday, we stayed in a place up in Charlottesville, Virginia. It wasn't an Airbnb. Actually, I don't even think Airbnb it was, was around that yet. Classic, <clears throat> like bed and breakfast. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But, the, cl- the closest concept we were aware was actually when we lived in Japan about 17 years ago, they had something called Tatami Timeshare, which was, I think, honestly, a precursor to Airbnb where huh. uh, people could, you know, people that were teaching English or living in Japan could put up their own home for other people to stay at. Um, so when we saw Airbnb come up, it kind of triggered that that concept that we yeah. were called from our time there. Wow, so it sounds like you guys have uh, traveled around quite a quite a bit. Then you so you stayed at were you guys traveling a lot for work or what? What you know? Why why have you traveled so much? 
Well, we, I don't know, we've always done a lot of travel, but we lived in Japan for a year teaching English. Oh, wow. Okay. 2004 to 2005. So, but yeah. yeah. Saw a lot of Southeast Asia in wow. that one year. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. What a cool, what a cool experience. Um, well, we're here today to talk about a property that you all have. And um, I, I want, I'd love to just kind of help for our listeners paint a little bit of a picture of kind of where, where your home is. And I want to start by just really having you all take us back to the beginning. What were sort of the events that led up to you buying this two and a half acre plot of land uh, that's, you know, nestled right in the Blue Ridge uh, Mountains of Virginia and build, you built this really cool, you know, little tiny home uh, uh, on this plot of land. And I'm just curious, you know, what what's the story behind that? And was the, the intention to always rent it out as a short-term rental or did you kind of stumble into Airbnb? Yeah, well, I think we'll probably share this one. Um, so we've lived in this area for about 12 years and have always just loved the mountains here. It's just a beautiful area of the state and honestly, just a gorgeous area of the country. Um, <clears throat> but how we kind of ended up with this property was um, actually a really bad case of poison ivy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a Sunday morning and I was so uncomfortable with the poison ivy that I had. It seems completely anti-intuitive, but we went for a hike in a creek. Tim had talked about this amazing creek where we did this creek walk. And I figured if I'm in the creek, I'm not getting close to poison ivy because I'm in the middle of the creek. Um, So we had this beautiful Sunday morning with our three kids just like traipsing through this creek. And we're campers. We've had several campers. And actually on our way home from that hike, we saw for sale sign of land right in that area, kind of uh, close to the general vicinity of where our cabin is. And so, um, you know, we came home, got dry shoes, socks, all of that. And then later that night, you know, our kids are in bed and Tim was like, Hey, I'm just going to look up that land, see if I can find that land. Yeah. Cause um, all through, I mean, in this part of the Blue Ridge, there's a lot of little cabins and little houses that just, you know, there's little gravel roads that kind of just go up and dead end in the mountains. And there's a couple of them that, that reach the parkway kind of like where we are, but it was, you know, I've been in that area for years and just always like, ah, oh, these places are so cool. And so, yeah. so I went online and was just curious, like, okay, well, what is, I, I actually couldn't, I don't remember finding that property that we had seen. Yeah, because um, our initial thought was if we could find land to just bring our camper up to, and we can camp on the land ah, for a few yeah. years, maybe someday build on the land. Yeah. But um, instead, Tim came across what is now our cabin, but at the time was just this rundown hunting cabin. Yeah, it was, um, so it was one of those, you know, you go online, maybe it was realtor.com, I don't even know. Um, but it was uh, in really rough shape. Huh. I mean, it was, it was a beat up, it was a beat up hunting cabin where there were, you know, the door frames were rotted out enough to where mice were living inside of it. It was so many bugs. It was, I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, actually we should shoot you some pictures. It was pretty rough inside, yeah. but it was one of those where we saw the listing and it said pending. And I was like, Oh man, that's a bummer. So, so the next day I called the realtor and just said, Hey, look, I know it says pending, but what's going on. I said, well, they're trying to hammer out some details on an offer. And I said, well, if you don't mind, we'd love to put in a, a cash offer on the place. So, well, we wanted to take a look first. Yeah, we wanted to. <laughs> yeah, and at first when Tim was telling me about it, he he said the price. So I said, well, there's no way there's running water. And he's like, no, there is water. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm sure there's not a septic and a toilet and, you know, all of that. He's like, no, it, it has all of that. So we're like, 
We've got to take a look. Yeah. Um, so we took a look. It was as bad as we thought. You know, it was infested with crickets, but we we saw the potential. I mean, you're familiar with the general frame of it. We did change up uh, over time the, the layout a little bit, um, but we saw the potential in it and um, just were in a position to move things around a bit and put in an offer that was able to, I guess, uh, cause, you know, the current owner at that time to accept our offer as opposed to continuing yeah. whatever they were negotiating prior. So we sold a lot of stocks and emptied savings accounts because it was one of those <laughs> things that I don't know about you, Zach, but like, we're kind of like, should we put in an offer? I don't know. Let's see what happens. And we kind of had this, this point where we said like, if we don't really go for it, I know, like, we know we'll regret it at yeah. some point. Like, yeah. You know, those things where you're just like, ah, I don't know that we should, but then sometimes like, I mean, we're going to regret if we don't at least try. And so that that's is exactly how we make decisions a lot. <laughs> what will be the greater regret? Mm. Uh, putting a little more into it than we really want to or walking away and completely losing it because, yeah. you know, just not being able to budge a little bit. So, yeah. And then so from there, we so I did a little construction in college summers, like a lot of people. Um but we kind of came up with the idea of what it is now the, 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 the layout has changed a decent amount. And, but a lot of it was just dreaming up ideas on the back of napkins. Huh. And we've had several guests over the years. We're like, Hey, can you send us your plans? I'm like, we don't, we don't really have them. I mean, we have those napkins in a file somewhere, but uh, <laughs> they, they did make it on the paper eventually. <clears throat> yeah. But like, if you can envision the, the, the bunk room, yeah, there's a tr- bunk room in it that had been a galley kitchen. So the kitchen had been along you know, the inside wall of that bunk room. And it was when we were trying to just figure out how to reconfigure the kitchen. And we have three children. So it ended up being kind of perfect to kind of envision this, you know, layered level of bunk beds that perfectly fit our three children. And, you know, we had thought, do you put a master downstairs and the kids upstairs? But as you know, it's an open loft. And um, we spent two years working on this. So a lot of the time that we were working on it, our kids were asleep and I don't know how they, they slept through all the, the noise we were making while fixing things yeah. up. Running like, saws inside and they're just passed out of sleep. Yeah. And like the shower was, the bathroom was kind of the first area we finished. And our daughter, who's nine now, but she was like six or seven at the time, maybe five, three, three I don't know. But I mean, she would sleep in the shower because it was the only place that was like clean. So we'd like put down big blankets and pillow and so she slept in there many nights. Wow, that's incredible. That's that's uh, that's such a cool story. And yeah, you know what? This was actually the first time uh, Gabby, my wife, and I have stayed in a tiny cabin. We've been uh, traveling for like 14 months, stayed in you know over 50 different Airbnbs, but this was our very first uh, tiny cabin. And uh, you know, we of course we've seen you know on Instagram, they're they're everywhere, and um, they they all look really cool and beautiful. But it was it, it's something like. I don't know. It, it it feels like art when you walk into your guys's space and you're like, wow, this is a tiny space. And yet it's got everything. It's got this full kitchen. It's got a queen loft bed. There's a wood burning stove. And, you know, I think I think it's like, what, 300, 350 square feet uh, when all is said and done. Yeah, like 350, 354, something okay, like that. Okay, and you guys have a, a washer and dryer in there. It's like you, you've got the bunk room you talked about with three different bunk beds. It's like how the heck did they fit all of this stuff in this space while simultaneously, you know, enabling the face to uh, the space rather to still feel like open, right? Um, so you know, you uh, you say you 
did a construction for a couple summers in college, uh, Tim, but it, uh, it, se- it seems and it feels like there was a lot more vision and intentionality sort of like behind how the space came to life. So like, h- how did you actually know to start? So did you, did you knock the existing in, uh, structure down and rebuild or you left it up and sort no, of, so, yeah. So the, so the, the main, the bones of the building are, are what they always were. Yeah. So we didn't change that, but I mean, we, we gutted everything. And then, you know, where the plumbing came up through the flooring, because it's a concrete slab, we kind of had to roll with that. But so a lot of it was just like, okay, this is where the bathroom was. Can we change the shape and size of it? Can we shift? I mean, originally there wasn't a washer dryer. Honestly, a lot of it came from my wife, Cindy saying, Hey, it'd be really cool to have a washer dryer in here. And me thinking like, well, that's insane. That's not going to (laughs) happen. And, and then thinking on it later and going like, okay, well, it's going to take another week or two to make that work, but okay, let's try and do these things. So, and, and I think that's the benefit of it, us doing it ourselves and it basically, you know, because we both have full-time jobs and three children and, you know, yeah. pretty hectic school. It, it was a slow process. In fact, in the entire two years that we were, you know, gutting it and renovating it, I don't think we ever had a full weekend. Like we never went up there for two nights. We wow. could get up for a Friday night or we could get up for a Saturday night, but we just did not ever have a full clear weekend. And so because uh, it kind of unfolded slowly, we could pivot, we could shift when we had ideas. Um, you know, if you work with contractors, you know, change orders are like the worst thing that just jacks up your price. And, you know, when you change your mind partway through. And we had a lot of so, I mean, this, <laughs> this guy didn't love it when I changed my mind, but um, you eventually see the value of it. And yeah. we you know, regroup. And, um, so yeah, I think it was just having that time and then just being in the space. Like so often we'd go up there, we'd get some work done, but then we'd just sit, like kind of mm. just sit back, like dream and envision. And ultimately yeah. we, we dreamed, what do we need? Yeah. It would be great to have a washer dryer if we're up here for a weekend and we're Creek walking and we want to dry and wash everything. So yeah. it was really thinking about what we would want being up there. And that, and that, I think that was one of your questions. I don't know if you asked it already or if you're getting to it, but Initially, it was just a getaway for us because yeah. we love getting away, getting out. It's not far. Um, but then we thought, well, you know, it would be nice to kind of offset our costs. And just we thought, like, yeah, let's throw it up there. Let's throw, put it up on Airbnb. Hope maybe if it rents once a month, that'll just cover our expenses, yeah. you know, cover the cost of paying taxes and the electricity. And um, but it has rented uh, for four and a half years straight every single weekend. Yeah, now, right? and that's and that's incredible. Um, and and I I'm glad you circled back on this, Cindy, because, you know, I I think that uh, when a lot of people first get into, I've talked to a number of hosts now, and I, when folks first get into the space, it seems like, especially when they're building something unique or it's a tiny home or tiny cabin. There seems to be this like hesitancy, like, oh, will, will, will anyone actually want to stay here? Like, it's it's too small, or it's too remote, or it's too, you know, yeah. fill in the blank. And what time and time again, you hear these stories of, and then we just put it on Airbnb, and we had a booking within the first, you know, week or the first 24 hours, and and then it's been booked for for months. So it's, it's really interesting to sort of like see how people are continually surprised by how other people appreciate their spaces. And actually want to come and stay in their homes. And so, you know, I I think this brings me to a a question that I'm curious to hear your all's answer to, which is that when you were crafting this space, did you have a particular like traveler in mind? Or did you did you think, oh, this is the kind of person that we want to design or persons that we want to sort of design the space for? Again, because it is a it's a it's a smaller home, it's a little bit more remote. Um, But how did you guys think about 
crafting a, this space for a particular traveler, if at all? So I, I mean, honestly, we didn't, we crafted around what we wanted, kind of like Cindy said, I mean, ultimately the goal was we, we, I mean, we never imagined having a place in the mountains, but it just ended up that it worked out and it was a great, stupid cheap price and it worked. So we, we kind of crafted around what we would want and what we need. I mean, honestly, looking back, you know, since it rents nonstop and we, we've only stayed up there two nights in the last four years ourselves, wow. it's always rent. So, I mean, to do it over, I'd be like, yeah, we'd probably put a closet in there because that's one of the things on Airbnb. Hey, do you have a closet for guests where they can hang clothes? And we're like, nope, there's no closet because because <laughs> we didn't. I mean, it wasn't something we thought about. So, yeah. but yeah, I think a lot of it was just and kind of to something you said a moment ago. You know, there's there's an aspect of where I think as hosts um, or as anybody, you can you can undervalue where you live. You know, you get used to like you get used to your, your, your neighborhood, you get used to your city and you're like, you tend to, you know, when you move to a new area, you're like, this place is amazing. And you see all the perfect things. And then after a while you start seeing, like, well, I don't like that as much. And I don't like that as much. And so, you know, on one hand, we're like, you know, we've been around these mountains for years and like, we love them, but like, I don't know that they're that, I mean, it doesn't have some majestic view. It doesn't have a, you know, whatever it might be, but we found, I mean, we've had guests from, all across the country and all over the world who literally like we've had people from Europe to say, Hey, we, we just want to come for a week and stay in your place. Cause it looks beautiful, which in my mind, I'm like, that's just crazy. But yet they're like, no, it's just surrounded by trees. It's just all green. And those are things that like we take for granted because mm. yeah. we live in this area. So it's, it's, it is really interesting to see. One of our key thoughts too is accessibility. You'll notice, you know, there's just that low flat porch right in front. That's really, you know, kind of the lay of the land that we inherited, but also um, we have the pullout couch because Tim's dad, he's since passed, but he had mobility and accessibility issues. And so we definitely wanted that there would be, you know, designated sleeping on the main level. So that's why we put in that pullout um, bed. But if, if we were actually, we are in the process of designing another one and, and just making sure that the, the primary bedroom or the primary sleeping area is on the main floor just for accessibility purposes so yeah that's a, an incredibly important consideration and you know something that uh you know i don't know that everyone thinks about or is aware of when they're when they're building these spaces so uh that's a that's a wonderful reminder um i'm curious you know tim and cindy if you could just talk a little bit about the area for folks that aren't familiar with the, the blue ridge mountains um my wife and i actually both grew up in the northern virginia area so we are quite familiar with you know skyline drive and um, you know, different hikes in the area, but, um, for folks that aren't as familiar, could you just talk a little bit about sort of like what there is to do, like hiking, uh, swimming, uh, or what, what activities could guests expect if they were to stay in your place or a place in the area? Yeah. I mean, honestly, the, the activities are all outdoors. Um, I mean, it's, I, I love it. It's one of my favorite areas I've ever lived. I mean, I'm up in the mountains personally, pretty much every weekend, you know, for a 10, 20 mile run, just I've got, but I, I, I just adore being out there and there's, you know, so this place is uh, just about a mile off of the Blue Ridge Parkway. And in our area, there's all between the um, route 501 and the James river and then sharp top, there's only two roads in like a 40 mile stretch that actually go all the way up to the parkway. And we live off of, our places off of one of them. But there's really, I mean, you know, there's there's long hikes that you can go on. There's also really short hikes. You can get up and, you know, most of the Blue Ridge Mountains is not known for having like rocky outcroppings, right? Mm. You know, we're, we're very different from West Coast Mountains or the Rockies, but I, 
I just, I adore the mountains in Virginia because um, they're so beautiful. But, you know, you've got, you know, you have a, there's a hike about 30 minutes away, Sharp Top. It's a mile and a half up, mile and a half down, and it's 360 degree views at the top. It's all rocky. And there's, you know, there's a swimming hole about 15 minutes away. That's just kind of these, a lot of these local little things that your average person doesn't know about. And, and honestly, a lot of people around here don't know about yeah. these different swimming holes. You also have, I think the biggest draw, at least I think, um, is the Appalachian Trail is, you know, you're about less than a mile from a spur trail that goes up to the Appalachian Trail. So, I mean, you can, you can literally leave the front door and in a mile and a half, you're on the Appalachian Trail, which you can take all the way north to Maine or yeah. all the way south to Georgia. And like, I spend a lot of time on the AT in the summers, actually year round. But what I love is just, you come across people who are on these epic journeys of life. We're like, Hey, where are you from? Where are you going? And so there's a lot of hiking. There's a lot of swimming. There's, mm-hmm. I mean, but that's, that's a lot of, I mean, even at the, at the bottom of the property, there's a little Creek. And I know a lot of families with kids are like, man, our kids just spent hours just playing in the Creek and building a dam and doing this. And so that's really a lot of, um, that's what we enjoy doing out there is, yeah. is hiking and running and exploring. But we also just cre- tried to create an aesthetic where if you just need to just be, you know, if yeah. you, if you don't want to be out and about that, you know, if it's a rainy weekend, unfortunately, or you're snowed in, you know, just that it would be a beautiful space. We, we added several windows, um, probably three, I think we added three or four windows just to kind of open up the indoors to the outdoors more. Um, you know, talking about the aesthetic you're asking us before, you know, there's shiplap throughout. Um, you could tell we built it like five years ago when shiplap was huge. <laughs> you know, we, um, we had uh, some neighbors from across, you know, the across from the property who came to visit. They were old, older, elderly, and they, they our kids actually referred to them as their cabin grandparents. But they oh. just thought it was such a shame that we were going to paint the wood, right? Um, but we just had this vision of it just being, you know, just as you know from being in there, it's just it's all it's pretty much largely just white and wood and soft gray and just that it would just be like a calm neutral you know connection even if you're not outdoors you're you have that feeling of being up there in a way yeah i feel like you guys nailed that and also just sort of the how expansive the outdoors just the immediate outdoors are right with the uh outdoor uh chairs and you know uh, sitting area also the fireplace you've got those nice string lights that sort of like connect the house to the to the fire pit then there's the grill i mean it's a it it if you i mean we were there in the winter so it was a little cold but if you know if you're there during uh you know the summer or fall or you know, on a winter day like today when it's not that cold, leaving that, you know, walking immediately outside the door, you could really like hang out in a number of like nooks outside, right? Like, you know, you don't even need to, you know, go on a hike or, um, uh, you know, uh, go swim in a creek if that's not your thing. You could just really enjoy the beauty of the surrounding area from the property uh, itself, which is which is also really cool. It's surprisingly large, actually. It was like a lot larger of an area outside than I was than I was expecting um, when we first drove up. So, uh, Tim, I, I do have to ask you, because we were flipping through your all's travel guide um, and noticed that you are an avid trail runner and you and your guide say that you can put together, and I quote, uh, an epic quad busting adventure for guests uh, that can that starts and ends at the cabin. And I'm curious if anyone has actually taken you up on this uh, and if so, what they thought about the adventure. Yeah, uh, Zach, they, they, there's probably been 
I think three people specifically have said like, Hey, that's awesome. You know, can you put me together a, like a 10 mile route or a 20 mile route or whatever it is? Um, yeah, it's, it, you know, like I, I mentioned earlier, I do a lot of running up there and there's, you know, there's the Appalachian trail is one of them. That's very obvious, but there's so many spur trails Glenwood, off of there. What's Glenwood that? Horse trail. And then there's a the Glenwood horse trail, which is a horse trail. You can mountain bike on it there. You can ride horses on it. You can run on it. And that's 67 miles long, but having been running up there for probably nine years or so, like there's so many little routes that you can take where you can have something that's just nice and chill or something that's just a massive climb where, you know, if you, if you want, you can get, I don't know, three, 4,000 feet of climbing and 10 to 15 miles. I, and there's, there's so many options and that's, I geek out on that. Someone's like, Hey, I'd love for you. You know, like, can you put together something that would do this? And so I, I love doing that. And then there's also, there's, um, there's three or four ultra marathons, which are, you know, long trail races that are all in the area. And so sometimes when they're happening and the start lines, two of the start lines are 10 minutes away. Um, we've had participants who stay as guests and so forth and so on. So there's a, it's, it's probably one of the not better known things in the area, but you know, for the right person, they're like, Oh, Hey, this is really close to the Terrapin mountain. Huh. start or the promised land start or the hellgate start or whatever it might be so there's a lot of options in the area and yeah when someone's like hey can you help me put together a cool route i mean there's i was trying to take them past some of the just the there's amazing views that you don't see and i think there's some amazing places up there that no one sees if you don't go more than a mile or two off of a road on a trail and so yeah. that's why I mean, it's just introducing people to like our backyard that's really pretty so do you both have a favorite season at the cabin? I, I like all of them. Um, I think spring's one of my favorites in that, you know, the, the green leaves in spring are like a vibrant green, but the other neat thing is that, you know, as you're driving up to the cabin, you know, from say the Valley floor, you really have the ability to change seasons, especially when you're going hiking. If you're going up and down a ridge, you know, you can start in full spring and you know, over the course of half an hour, you can work your way up into early spring and just seeing just the changing season. Like that's what I like about spring is really the ability to see all those changes happen. You almost go back into late winter and then come back into like full spring. So it's really, really pretty. Yeah. I mean, I love summer just for the Creek, just the kids being in and out of the Creek, but winter is also beautiful with the leaves down. Yeah. You just can see so much further and you see more ridges and valleys than, than you would see when all the leaves are on the trees. So um, just the warning of the road, you know, it is a, it is a mountain road. So I guess that's probably the only thing is if it's, it is pretty rare to get snowstorms in our area, you might get one, maybe two good ones, you know, in a good winter for snow kind of thing. Um, uh, that would be our only warning for anyone listening is just, uh, you know, the road is accessible by any car, just as in any area when in treacherous weather, you know? Yeah. 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 Uh, you guys, call the cabin the salamander ridge and i'm curious where that name came from and if there's a, a story behind it so our oldest when i mean he's a big reptile fan and you know there's salamanders and toads and all sorts of things all over i wanted to call it because it's because the cabin's on a little bit of a hill i wanted to call it hellbender hill but 
but Cindy wasn't a big fan of that. So, so. Cool. Yeah, there's a, a there's a type of salamander called a hellbender. We uh, don't have. I don't think they're in our part of Virginia. We just but. don't want people going up there and having yeah. hellbenders. Yeah, there you go. yeah, makes so sense. Might not have been like the best like marketing. Uh, like yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, the neighbors yeah. in the area would not appreciate. Yeah. That. So that's ultimately what it came down to is like it's up on a little ridge, and you know when we'd be up there, our kids just traipsing through the woods and come back with a, you know, a bucket full of salamanders and lizards and all sorts of things. So, yeah. So I don't know. That's kind of where it came from. I like it. I was, uh, I was Googling cause I was like, Oh, is there like an actually like a hike or like a mountain around here called like salamander peak or something or, or the <laughs> salamander ridge. And that's where they got it from. And I, I couldn't find anything. So I'm glad that there's a, <laughs> a story behind it. Um, so one of the things that really caught our eye when we first, uh, walked in was the, uh, Scandinavian looking wood burning stove. Uh, and it's really sort of this like cool, like focal point of the space. Uh, and you know, it, it does take up some room in the space just as all wood burning stoves do uh and you guys do have a really cool outdoor fireplace so i'm curious like how did you come to the decision to include both and what was that a hard decision or was that always were you sure that you wanted some indoor fireplace uh from the get-go i think yeah just a little cabin in the woods i think it just needs a fireplace we we were a bit back and forth and then i uh stopped into a hardware store and this one was for sale and I don't know if I called yeah. you or just picked it up because I was like, this is supposed to be in our cabin. And, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, we had it installed and uh, it's just great. Also, too, that whole idea of self-sufficiency, you know, mm. it, we are up in the mountains. There are times trees come down and, you know, you might have the odd power outage for a few hours. And just to make sure that, you know, there was a source for heat, yeah. even if there's electricity, that was that was important to us. But really, it was just the beauty of having a fire. It's probably a little oversized for, uh, the space. Um, you know, it's probably for something that's up to about a thousand square feet. And as you know, we're under 500 square feet. So, uh, I don't think we've ever had the fire without opening some windows to just let some of the heat out, but. Yeah. It's, I mean, when guests in the, if in the fall or the spring, they're like, Hey, is it okay to use a stove? And so I was like, you feel free to use it, but please don't stack it full of wood because it's going to end up being 95 degrees inside. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, unless it, unless it, when it gets down into the teens, then it's great. But even then we, we typically have a window open cause it's like, Oh man, this thing will cook you yeah. out. But you know, it looks nice. So unfortunately we can't provide, we tried at the beginning to keep up with providing firewood for everyone. And just as you know, it's just been renting more than we anticipated and we just could not yeah. keep up with the demand so that's a bit of a i think we put it in our description you know please bring your own wood but or buy your own wood in the area because they don't want people transporting transporting wood, yeah. yeah yeah you know we uh we uh had a had a little fire and uh yeah i can attest to the fact that it heats up very quickly um <laughs> and yeah <laughs> thankfully thankfully it was just a small uh a small little fire but it was it was awesome and, and it was freezing when we got there um the, i mean the cabin was warm but outside it was just freezing uh so it was it was perfect it was exactly what we were looking for um and you know this this actually brings me to another question around there there's no tv in in the place and i'm sure that that was like a intentional 
decision. And um, I, I, you know, there's there's so many aspects of of the home that I feel like just kind of command your attention, like the loft, obviously the the wood burning fire uh, stove that we're talking about here. But I'm I'm curious why you guys decided not to include a TV. Was it purely because of the space, or was there any other sort of reason behind that decision? I. <sighs> Yeah, it was intentional that, again, like we built it to go up with our kids. And so we're like, the last thing you need is a TV. Um, so I, I think it was like, well, as long as there's kind of a combination of things. One, we didn't want to go up there and our kids just be like, hey, we want to watch TV. Yeah, yeah. But having Wi-Fi allows you to either do work or also bring a laptop and watch something on Netflix yep. or Amazon Prime. So those kind of two things, it's like, you know, if you it's not really that often anymore where people are like, Oh, let me click through the local channels and see what's on channel 12 or whatever it is. And yeah. so it, and then I think the third piece is TVs are kind of ugly. Um, <laughs> so it's like, you know, in a space that small, like where would you put it and how, how much space would it take up? And just aesthetically. Yeah. How do you reposition the couch to have? All, so I, I wouldn't say we didn't intentionally not include one. We just didn't, it was not part of our design to figure out where the TV goes. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. And just so many people now just have handheld devices, laptops, you know, to watch things on. So we figured if people really want to be, you know, on media while out there, there's, yeah. I think we have a, small like a travel dvd that our kids used to watch stuff on but i don't i don't even know if that's there right now but <laughs> no no and and i love it because it, it's very on brand with the whole you know space and the whole experience right of like hey like you're here to unplug like you're here to get away and a lot of the reviews right that folks have left about your place all just speak to the fact that wow like my kid just spent hours in the creek or hey we you know finally had a family conversation around the fire instead of, you know, in front of the TV uh, for the first time in months. And I, I do feel like the space has been crafted with just so much intentionality that um, not having, you know, something that is that that can often just uh, uh, inspire lots of distraction as like a focal point in the home, like removing that from the situation does actually, you know, force people to hang out. I mean, like we, you know, my, my wife and I like, you know, played a game together, which we hadn't done in in forever. Right. And it's like, oh, it's it's nice, like realizing that, oh, yeah, you could pop up your phone or your laptop if you really wanted to watch something. But because it's not super easy to just turn the TV on, it makes you think twice about, do I really want to spend my evening this way? Or is there a better way to use, you know, the next hour, couple hours before we go to bed? So I'm a huge fan, by the way. And for anyone listening to you, like, I do think, especially if you have a an Airbnb that is, you know, in in the woods or is on a beach or where where nature is sort of a, a focal point of the stay, I think opting you know, out of the TV could be a really, really great option to just, again, cultivate a unique sort of memorable experience for your guests. So anyways, big fan. I'm, I'm glad you guys made that decision. I'm curious uh, what, what you two think is, you know, your, your favorite aspect of the place. Like, Cindy, what, what do you love most about the cabin? And then, and then Tim, what do you love most? Hmm. I mean, for me, it's very personal. I love it because we created it. Mm. I love it because I can tell you, the tile in the bathroom that I let my daughter put on because she just really wanted to be part of tiling that shower. So for me, it's just that personal of having just uh, 
created it. Like it's, it's just a beautiful space for us as a family where we just have a lot of memories of all the things our kids were doing while we were creating the cabin, you know, trying to keep them busy and the scar on my daughter's hand from the little, you know, pulley we created for, <laughs> it was a failed. Don't uh, attempt a zip line that our kids created. Yeah, oh, yeah. Gosh. <laughs> so I mean that that's to me, but uh, yeah, I just I enjoyed just working with the aesthetics of just you know doing the ship lab, having it, you know, the white and the wood really just kind of being the focal point. Um, and the other thing that was just really fun is it's small, right? So we could do what we really wanted to do. Like, you know, we certainly thought about cost, but because the material you know, the cost for any material, even if high end, there was so little material that we yeah. needed because the space is so small. So it was fun to just kind of actually get to do what you really want in yeah. a place rather than, ah, uh, you know, is this wise? Is this, you know, how much will this cost? It was fun. It was a really fun project. Yeah. And I, I think there's a couple pieces for me. One of them is like, just, just doing a project like that, you know, like I had a very limited experience doing some construction. I probably knew enough to be dangerous but then you watch enough YouTube videos and you're like, if that guy can do it, I think <laughs> no, on YouTube. But sometimes I was like, you know, I think I'm smarter than that guy. And if he could do that, then you know, I could probably do this too. So I mean, it was one of those like you just, you know, and being a smaller project, it didn't seem as daunting as say a large house. But yeah. Um so, we got experts, you know, like the wood stove is, you know, officially. So make sure it's put properly, you know. Yeah, like, oh. yeah, I think that was a lot of it. But I think the thing I love the most is just you know, even going up nowadays to, to fix something or whatever it might be, it's just, it's just peaceful. Hmm. I, st- I mean, my personally, like my favorite experiences, you know, I remember one specific time just making coffee in the morning and we have a, we have a French press specifically because I don't think cured coffee tastes that great. And there's a bajillion plastic cups that just, I don't know, personally just bothers me. And so there's something nice about making a, you know, French press coffee, but sitting out on the picnic table on the front porch, just with a, cup of coffee on a crisp morning and just like, yeah, it's just, it's just perfect. And you can hear a Creek and there's birds. And anyway, I, to me, that's, that's where it's like, this is what it's all about is being able to, to just get away from everything that you have going on in life. Even if it's a 30 minute drive or a two hour drive, whatever it is, I think, you know, for me, it's that ability to just step away, um, put everything else on pause and just, just to, you know, just breathe in and just experience life as it is. So. Yeah. yeah. Quick, quick note, uh, or to circle back, Cindy, on something you were getting at around how you decorated the space. Uh, one of the things that that I noticed in the loft bed um, was, you, you know, you're laying down in bed and you, if you look up quickly, you can see the the clock um, that's hanging in sort of like the main living space. Uh, so much so that it, it's so it's so easy to see like it's you know e- without much effort you can see what time it is and what I loved about that I was like oh my gosh I don't, I don't even need to like bring my phone up you know to the loft because I there's a you know clock right there um, was that was that like intentionally like put there just so that people could see the time from the loft bed or was that an accident well, we'd love honestly, to say yes I'd love to say no. I think it was more just you know you've got the windows and then you know, it's the cathedral ceiling yeah. and it's a tall ceiling. So it was like, goodness, what do we put in that space? Um, so it was really more just thinking, you know, what to put in that space. Honestly, it's you. You're the first person that's commented <laughs> that made me think, oh, yeah, that's also strategic. Yeah, for, that's uh, a good idea. <laughs> though, you know, we've, I'm glad you mentioned it. We've talked about actually removing it because keeping up with uh, the batteries to keep that clock current. <laughs> oh, so gosh, yeah. Important <laughs> events, hoping it was on time. <laughs> 
I'm no, it looked it looked really cool, and it's perfectly you know framed by like the ladder too, and I mean it, it looks very intentional. So um, that's funny that it that it wasn't necessarily. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what I'm curious, you guys have amazing reviews, uh, you know, literally hundreds of, of of great reviews from guests all around the country, uh, several international guests as well. I'm curious. Uh, I'm sure you guys read at least some of the reviews, if not all of them. Uh, what what has been you know the most surprising thing that a guest has noted about the space, either in a review or you know to you directly? Um, I don't know about surprising, but what I love is we we have we we tend to have a, a couple of repeat guests. Um, actually, a fair number of repeat guests, but we've had I think there's three or four families who've been back three or four times. Wow. And I'm like, this is kind of like what you said. It's that opportunity to like, just to unplug. And they're like, our kids love coming here. They love that you have Legos in the little coffee table. They love that there's this to play with. And so I think it's the, you know, there's the review, but then there's also private comments that people leave. And I think a lot of those are just like, Hey, this was just such an awesome experience for my kid to get outside of the city we live in and to just really just soak up. And I think, to me, I think that's the biggest thing is, is, is when we built it and having young kids, I think those are some of the best things that I like hearing from parents is also like, wow, this is really set up well for my kids and they love coming. Whereas maybe they thought at first, like, oh no, they're going to want their video games. But, you know, quite often parents are like, yeah, they never even talked about video games once. They just wanted to go play outside. So. And I think, you know, to point to that, one of the things that we regularly restock is hammocks. Um, And, you know, I, (laughs) Our kids will play in hammocks for days, hours. <laughs> and then they do, they do get messed up. They use them as swings. They, you know, and yeah. so I think that's probably my favorite thing is that, okay, we went through another hammock, but you know what? That means kids are outside. That means people are outside. Um, Cause you know, adults lay in hammocks and they don't break, but they go through two <laughs> to three hammocks. I mean, they're not expensive, but it's like, well, there's another one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Cause that's, that's what kids do. Is sign they, of a right. good time. Sign of a good time. Yeah. They right? their own yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so. Oh, well, that's great. Well, I have just uh, one final question for uh, the both of you and, and Cindy, I think you hinted at this already, but uh, my question was around, have you ever thought about starting another Airbnb, another short-term rental? And it sounds like you all might have one in the works if I caught that correctly. Well, Yes. Kind of two in the works. the works. Oh, okay, cool. Tell, tell us about, yeah. you know, what you can well, about where they are. Locally. Okay. Yeah, sure. We have one locally here in town. It's a town home that we're just looking to update to turn into an Airbnb. Um, that's been nice because it's, you know, real close by. Um, but then we have one, I've been drawing cabins ever since we, you know, created this one. We wanted to do another Um but our challenge has just been, and sometimes we look back and we're like, how did we ever find the time to work on that cabin for two years? And so <laughs> we've been in this challenge of, um, you know, while we both have full-time jobs and our kids are now into sports, you know, our kids were pretty young when we built it. So we, we didn't have all their activities all the time yeah. and their social, you know, to keep up with. But um, so we're working with some friends of ours um, just to, to work to contract them to help us uh, build it. We've kind of given them the design and they've brought the design to an architect. And um, I think just that, just like how can we take a space, make it as tight and functional as possible, but as open and, you know, think about the aesthetics. So we're working on something that will be actually even smaller than this cabin. It's really meant to be a two-person, a two-person getaway 
um, that just is really open to the outdoors and more of a modern Scandinavian, actually just, we talked about living in Japanese, just kind of a, you know, Japanese inspired, Scandinavian inspired. Um, so yeah, we hope to have that. By end of summer would be ideal. Yeah, and June, it, June is our goal, but how most things go. Yeah. And it's actually, we, we own three other properties right up around that cabin that, you know, since we bought this one and we've, most of them never make it on the market, but you just know that the people who own them and sometimes are elderly. And so we've got, that's the, I mean, we just love that area. So it's like, okay, well, yeah. could we build we, another we one We go here? camping <laughs> up there. We'll often meet friends. Um, it's down the hill from the cabin where you stayed right down on the Creek where there's a lot there that we'll, um, we'll go up there with our camper and meet friends with a camper and just enjoy the space. Well, that's amazing. Uh, and, and very exciting. And uh, we'll have to circle back and, you know, hear how, hear how that goes, how that launch goes. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. but Hey, I, I'm so thankful for both of you taking time out of your very busy lives, uh, to chat with us, to share a little bit about your story. We'll have, uh, all sorts of links down below. So if you want to stay at the Salamander Ridge, you can click through, uh, in your, in the show notes and go find their booking on Airbnb. Tim, Cindy, it's been a pleasure. Thank you both uh, again uh, for letting us stay in your in your beautiful space and uh, look forward to coming back one day. We'd awesome, glad you see. enjoyed it. Yep, take care. Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone. See you next time.